I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we're sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi guys, welcome to another episode. We are so excited to have Miranda on today. She touches on all three of her birth stories, which were totally different. And it was really great to hear the evolution that Miranda went through, not just with her births, but finding more out about herself in the process and what she preferred and how each birth changed. So I won't go into details about all three of her births now, you'll have to listen to hear all the details, but it's really great. And it just goes to show your first birth may not be perfect. Your second birth may not be perfect, but you learn each with each situation. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I agree with that completely. And I kind of went through a similar thing with each of my births. So um, yeah, she had a lot of really great information that I think you're all going to get a lot, gain a lot from. Um, Don't forget to follow along on Instagram at birth naturally. And if you're liking what you're hearing, please give us a rating on iTunes. We love to see um, that you guys are enjoying the podcast. We've, we got some really nice messages this week and it kind of helps us to keep going because I'm sure all of you can relate. The more time you spend at home, the less productive you feel oddly, even though you have (laughs) all this time. So you know, the podcast is something, it's like a labor of love for us. So we, we love doing this, but sometimes it's like anything else. Like sometimes you get a little bit drained and then we get a message like we got today and it just, you know, it just brings the excitement back into it. And we just love giving you guys all this like useful information that, you know, especially pregnant moms right now, you're, you're, getting so much knowledge from these wonderful women that we're hearing from every week. Yeah, especially as as I'm getting closer and closer every day to giving birth again, which is very crazy to even think about. Mm-hmm. But um, I I gain a lot from these birth stories. So that it's it's we really appreciate everyone that's been following along with us. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We always like get so excited to read your reviews and I send them to Kaylee and then I post them on Instagram and we get so excited. So (laughs) if you could just give us a quick review, that would be amazing. And we really appreciate it. And we hope you guys love today's episode. They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? 
That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet and I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting. Like the, the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste. So I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste. So that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birthnaturally to start Ritual or add Essential for Women prenatal to your subscription today. Welcome, Miranda. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and your family? Okay, so my name's Miranda. Um, I've been married to my husband, Ian, for almost five years. Um, We live in Delaware, and we have three girls. Um, They are three and a half, almost two, and then six months. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you have a very... Hands full. Right <laughs> yeah, they're very, very close in age. <laughs> that's, that's exciting. So how did you decide to start your family um, with, with your first and then adding, uh, did, you, did you always plan to have them close together? Um, well, I come from a really big family. I have, um, my mom has four kids and we're all pretty close. And then um, I have four stepsisters as well. Oh, wow. um, but we, I actually got pregnant with my first one. Her name is Rowan. Um, about a month after me and my husband got married, I was 21. <laughs> <laughs> she was a surprise. Uh, we wanted kids, but we didn't want them that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> we were kind of just, I was still in school. Um, I was in my third year. Um, I was going to school to be a teacher and we, we wanted kids, but we didn't want them quite that quickly, but you know, we kind of just got got thrown into it. Yeah, really. <laughs> Wanted to enjoy your marriage a little bit and that didn't quite happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, my pregnancy with her, I, I'm kind of a hippie-ish, you could call crunchy person anyway. Mm-hmm. So I had really, really wanted to go naturally with her. Um, my mom didn't have an epidural with any of us. And so I kind of just, I thought that would be what I wanted to do. Um, but I didn't really, and I don't know if it was just, I wasn't like into birth at that time. And I didn't really know being that young, I didn't really know many people that had kids. And so I kind of went into it. I went to the same OB practice that I'd had like my regular, just 
well women visits with and it was at least where I live almost all the practices are mixed OBs and uh, I think they're certified nurse midwives Mm -hmm. and so um, just kind of started off off with them and I probably should have said first I was very sick with her I had um, I think it's called hyperemesis HG with all three of my pregnancies oh no yeah so I lost a significant amount of weight with her like 20 pounds um I was in and out of the hospital for fluids um I never had to stay overnight then in the beginning but it was really 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 stressful for a first baby Mm -hmm. um but yeah so I had I started care with um just kind of rotating through seeing the OBs and the midwives and I didn't really love any of them, but I also really didn't know that I should Mm -hmm. (laughs) make sense. Like I didn't really consider that as something that I needed to look for, but, um, you know, and I had told them I wanted to have a natural birth and they were all like, Oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh, okay. Well, they're not worried. I shouldn't be worried. Like (laughs) (laughs) took like the hospital childbirth classes. Um, you know, and I was more focused. Her pregnancy was very, very rough. Um, I have low blood pressure anyway. And so I was passing out. I had to spend like three or four days, um, up at the, like the special hospital up near us in Christiana, which is like an hour and a half from my house. Cause they thought that I had, um, preeclampsia. Oh, wow. Jeez. That sounds rough. Whole huge, like first pregnancy. I can't yeah. believe any more kids after. <laughs> yeah. And you after, said you were also in school. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was in my third year of college and it was, that was all during my fall and spring semester. Oh so gosh. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. <laughs> so did you end up getting at least the birth that you had hoped for? Um, <laughs> Well, no, it, um, I went to 42 weeks and two days with her and (laughs) they'd let you go that long too. Yes. And I was very, very surprised actually that they did Mm -hmm. that because like I said, they were kind of just like, very like, Oh, you want a natural birth? Well, that's cool. You know, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. And you didn't know if they were actually on your side (laughs) and no one really gave me, um, you know, having had the the other birth experiences that I've had, I know that they should have given me like maybe a little bit more resources or maybe asked me, you know, what right. did I mean by natural birth? Like, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went into labor actually the night before I was supposed to be induced with her. Um, it was two thirty in the morning and my water broke and there was meconium. Mm. So naturally it being my first child I freaked out because yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. I had that big that big gush I went downstairs to use the bathroom and I had that like huge mm-hmm. you know like the movie theater <laughs> gush of water and you know I started screaming I yelled for my husband and thinking back I should have eaten I should have waited a little bit because I was hardly having any contractions at all they were very very manageable at that point um but because of the meconium, I was very scared. And so we went right to the hospital um, and up to labor and delivery. And so, of course, since my water had broken, they checked us in. And 
since I think I was at like a three mm-hmm. when they checked us in. And I had called my mom and my sister because they were going to be my support people and told them to come in a couple of hours. Like I was going to try to sleep. Of course, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we just kind of hung out there for a long time. And then, you know, and no one told me like, hey, you should get up and walk. You should bounce on the ball. You should, you know, do any of this stuff to get started. Right. Um, and instead, they started me on Pitocin. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's my hospital experience to a T. <laughs> no one, yeah. yeah, gives you any direction and you clearly don't know what you're doing. It's your first time. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. That I could have maybe gotten contractions started if I would have pumped or walked or done that's anything besides right. just sit there and wait. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. And um, so then after that, you know, and of course I didn't know that Pitocin contractions can be so much worse Mm -hmm. than actual contractions. Right. And of course I went from like having hardly any contractions at all to like these horrible, horrible contractions. And, um, so it was about 16 hours of that, that they came in and, um, by this time I had, you know, switched providers that had been in OB and then I was to one of the midwives and, she came in and they basically told me that I was either going to get an epidural or I was going to get a C-section. Oh, wow. Like that, those are your choices. Okay. And I did not want a C-section. And I just remember sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And my husband was holding me as they gave me the epidural. And I just felt, I feel like what so many moms feel like at that point when, you know, I had just failed. This was awful. This was not going how I wanted it to, you know, I wanted to eat. It had been you know, my water had broken at two 30 in the morning and I hadn't eaten anything since the night before at dinner, you know? Yeah. Um, and I still had, I labored for 10 more hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> my epidural wasn't great. It dulled the pain enough in the first few hours that I slept, which was phenomenal. I really needed that. Um, but by the time it came to the end, like there was it really wasn't making any difference. Um, so that was really disappointing for me that it, you know, I still had to go through all the pain and the guilt mm-hmm. that and I had from getting the epidural. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, she came after 26 hours of labor. She came, um, I think it was 529 in the morning. And during my labor, um, my mom had been noticing a lot of D cells like on the heart monitor and nobody said I probably should have maybe go back a little bit, but I probably should have said that as I kind of got closer, I pushed for her for close to three hours, I think. And as that was happening, the room had filled up with people, like a ton of people and everyone had just such a chaotic worried energy, but no one was saying anything to me. Like I was just a completely, you know, I could have not been there for all the attention, you know, that anyone was, was giving me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was terrifying because I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong with my baby or with me. Um, but no one's telling you anything. Yeah. Yeah. And looking back, it could have been because of the meconium, you know, they could have been worried that she was going to aspirate. Um, 
but no one told me. And my mom told me later that, you know, her heart rate wasn't what it should have been, you know, from what she was seeing on the monitors, she could hear them, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. kind of making, making comments. Um, she was born with her core pretty tightly around her neck. Um, she was limp, she was glue. And they actually gave me a third degree episiotomy. Oh, wow. And they like, did they tell you beforehand or no? No, I had signed the waiver. Okay. Um, but at the moment, I didn't even know that they cut me until afterwards. Oh, um, my gosh. With my mom and my sister who told me they cut me. The woman stuck both of her hands oh, up inside gosh. of me and, like, pulled my dog. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was – that experience was just mm-hmm. – as you – it was awful yeah it's traumatic like it really does yeah and then we spent five days in the hospital because she was jumped so it was just Mm -hmm. a whole you know my first birth had gone from like what I wanted it to be like a very simple natural my mom had super short labors and stayed in the hospital you know for a very short time and so I had just kind of you know expected that that was going to happen to me and then you know, to have this super long labor and, you know, all of these interventions and this like horrible episiotomy and like this mm-hmm. long hospital stay, it was just not at all what, what I was expecting. Yeah. It's like the complete opposite of what your birth plan was. That must be really hard to handle that. It sounds like you were just not even regarded as a participant in this like and this is a story like it sounds so similar to my how I felt with my first and even with my second and we hear it all the time with uh, you're just things are done to you and no one asks yeah. you like, and I I probably should have known because and thank god it was not the provider who was with me um but when I was about seven months pregnant I went in to that office and one of the OBs, I was having what was round ligament pain. And he told me in the most condescending tone, he goes, well, you know, pregnancy can be very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, you have experience with this? Yes. And, and I should have known then that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I should look for a different, <laughs> a yeah. different provider because this is not... <laughs> I know. And when you don't know a ton about pregnancy and birth, it's not even something that like goes through your mind. Like, should I switch? Like, is this a possibility? Is it too late? You know, these are all things that you just kind of question and then forget about. (laughs) You're like, no, I'll just keep going because this is easiest and whatever. Yeah. And I was already there and, you Mm -hmm. know, I was seven months pregnant and. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So. I'm hoping that your second pregnancy and birth went a little bit more smoothly. They actually went fantastically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This, this is the hospital birth that like would have made me have more hospital births because I had moved. So I switched providers. I went with, um, again, an OB and midwife group, but this time I went with one that a friend had recommended who had had a baby there. And they were phenomenal. I only ever saw the two midwives, like my first visit there. I told her all about what I had been through and everything. You know, she was very, very sympathetic. And she told me right off to read the Ina Mae Gaskin books, like first visit right away. That's awesome. Yeah. And so 
automatically that was a completely different experience. And, you know, because she had given me, given me a resource for something that, you know, I hadn't found on my own and for something that would help me to have the birth that I wanted. Like she was listening to me. Um, yeah. What, is it, what a difference. Like you were actually, you were participating in your pregnancy and your birth. Yes. And they asked me, you know, so, so many times, like what was working for me? What wasn't, you know, with the, with the hyperemesis, instead of being dismissive, like the, the previous providers had been, they were willing to try anything and everything that would make me feel better. And so I have to stop you there. Did you find anything that did improve your HG? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't think so, but I was hopeful that for other moms who are going through it, that maybe yeah, have. I will say, um, the smell of citrus. I used to have like lemon slices, um, that I would put in water that helped me to keep the water down. Mm-hmm. Um, and eating like lentil soup because it was, it had a lot of protein and I think iron. Mm-hmm. And so if I could hold that down, I felt much, much better. You okay. know, it felt more like a full meal instead of, they always tell you to nibble on crackers, but if you can't keep the crackers down, you're still hungry. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, okay. Well, at least there's some tips for people who are going through it. There's something yeah. that, that's, that's rough though. I, I can't even imagine how you did that with a toddler. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was crazy. I, I honestly, I don't know how I did it. Mm -hmm. I just, you just do, you know, I kind of, I kind of thought too, that maybe I won't have it this pregnancy. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And did it last your entire pregnancy? Um, luckily for me, no, for me, it ends around the 20 to 25 week. Okay. Still a long time to suffer. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But it, I know you know, I try to try to comfort myself like, well, some women are sick the whole pregnancy, so yeah. you can do it for like half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, wow. So going into that birth, did you do anything? Obviously, you had changed to a midwife. Is there anything else different that you did to prepare? I read so many natural, natural birth books. Um, you know, I natural birth stories, like I kind of got super duper obsessed with learning everything that I possibly could to make this a good experience. Um, and I was, I was breastfeeding through my whole pregnancy. And I think that helped me a lot with my mood. Um, during my second pregnancy, I did start to experience a lot of anxiety. Um, but leading up to her birth, like it was, it was much easier, I think, to deal with just because I was kind of I knew that nothing could be as bad as what had already happened. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's um, very true. But her birth was completely different. Um, I think I had, I think it's called prodromal labor. Mm-hmm. Where it was on for several days um, where it would kind of stop and then start and stop and start. And so we kind of had this whole upheaval where I was taking my toddler to my mom's and then getting her back and, you know, all of this. And so... The morning I actually went into labor, I had just gotten her back from my mom's the night before. Um, And that morning, you know, I sent my husband to work. 
And it was about six in the morning. I woke up, I nursed Rowan and I started to have really, really strong contractions. And I called my mom and I said, it's happening. I called my husband, told him to turn around. (laughs) And by the time he got there, I was naked on my bed, like swaying. (laughs) My hips back and forth because I had, you know, I had tried to get in the shower and, you know, see if I could maybe, maybe slow things down because I, you know, having had my first birth, I wanted to stay at home as long as humanly possible. Um, and so when he got there, he was like, okay, we need to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's time. (laughs) We all loaded up in the car and we drove, we lived only about 15 minutes away from the hospital I was going to deliver. And by the time I got there, we were like in touch with my mom, like, okay, you need to be here like now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, they didn't even put me in triage. They just took me straight back. And I had asked Ian to wait out in the waiting room with our, with our daughter Rowan. She was not quite two. And she was very, very upset by the whole, you know, the noises that I was making. And she's Mm -hmm. a very empathetic person. And so I asked him to wait. And one of the nurses actually went, went out to him and was like, you can bring her back because you're going to have a baby soon. (laughs) Like if you don't have someone coming here, you need to come here. Oh my gosh. Um, so it was very, very quick and everyone was phenomenal. Um, the nurses, I remember I went in and I told them cause I was in transition when I got to the hospital. Oh wow. And so wow. I had that feeling of like, I'm done. This is awful. I can't do this. And I told the nurse that I just wanted the epidural. I wanted to be done. And she looked at me and said, honey, if you don't really want the epidural, you don't need it. You are so close. Oh, wow. That's so encouraging. Yeah. She was, they were all amazing. You know, they were helping me in the bathroom. She was like holding my shoulders as I got into my gown and the midwife went out and she was like, I'm just going to leave you for one minute. She said, I'm going to go tell them that I'm going to stay here. And I don't know, you know, if her shift was ending, if she just knew it was happening too fast, she didn't want to check in on anyone else. And it was just phenomenal. They were, everyone was so encouraging. No one was you know, ordering me what to do. They kind of let me pick my own position. Um, I did end up getting some sort of IV pain medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what it was called, but it didn't actually, the feeling I would describe it as it didn't really take the pain away. It just made me not care. <laughs> Were you able to still like get up and move around at this point? I didn't want to. I laid right on my side with a peanut ball and there I just, go. Like, that's what I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and I did. And they told me, you know, okay, her water broke, um, I think 10 minutes before she came out. And I did have a second degree tear, but I didn't notice it. It healed so much faster. Um, you know, and the recovery, everything was so, so, so much better. Wow. That's Even that's amazing. So, so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like how long was it from the start to finish? It was, I felt my first contractions at a little after, I think 6.30 in the morning and she was born at 10.13. Oh, wow. That is like super quick, especially compared yeah. to how long your first birth was. Yeah, it was, it was really crazy. I remember just sitting there afterwards and, and telling my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause I, 
having come from a labor that was 26 hours, I completely did not expect Mm -hmm. to have that short of a labor. No, I'm sure. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And I've heard that like labors that are that quick can be super intense. So yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very crazy. And I, I hardly remember anything (laughs) like about her birth. The, the, first clear picture I had was nursing Rowan. And then, and I do think that that really, really helped pick up my contractions. So mm-hmm. anyone who's pregnant that has a nursing baby, just a warning. Oh, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, you do hear like, um, you know, using your breast pump can yes. start you know, contractions, but I never even think about the fact that some women are still nursing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, probably for me, because they were so close together, Um, and I did tandem nurse them for a little while, which was, I mean, it was really nice. I think it was a very bonding experience for them, but it was very, very difficult. Oh, I'm sure. And how old was your oldest at this point? She was 20 months. She was not quite two when Mm -hmm. her sister was born. So, and I tandem nursed them up until just past her second birthday. Wow. That's so cool that you were able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was very, very lucky that I had a, um, a good supply and everything that I was able to keep, to keep going all through pregnancy and, and up until birth. That is seriously. So let's start talking about your, your latest, uh, birth number three. So how far apart are number two and number three? Um, with, well, something that I think I should mention when, after I had Rowan, um, I returned to having a period to having a cycle after she was about four months old. Um, like work 29 day cycle. Like I had always had. Um, then after I had Avalyn, cause I got pregnant with, um, my second when my first was about 11 months old. Um, after I had my second Avalyn, I didn't get a period back. <laughs> and so naively I assumed that that meant I was not <laughs> again because I was breastfeeding and you know I'd had two babies so close together I was like okay awesome my body wants to give me a break this is cool um when she was about eight months old (laughs) I started to feel a little different um and I started kind of getting like that round ligament feeling type pain um and then when she was nine months old I got a positive pregnancy test oh wow (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I was devastated. <laughs> I hate yeah. to say that, but I was. Um, oh, I mean, you you probably needed a break by this point. <laughs> yeah, it was just a lot of that feeling of like, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband owns, he does construction. He owns a small business. And I didn't have any insurance <laughs> at that time either. We had just gotten a health sharing, which I do love now. But the way it worked is it would not cover a pregnancy that I had been pregnant with before. You started. Yeah. And Mm. it had been about a month. Oh, no. (laughs) no. So, like, just outside of that window. And that's actually what led me to the birth center. Because, you know, I, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, you know, I went back to see the same uh, group, the OB and the midwives that I had seen with my second pregnancy. Super excited to be there because, like I said, I'd had such a phenomenal experience. But when I started calling around to kind of find out 
how much this was all going to cost. You know, the hospital was telling me anywhere between like fifteen and twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's staggering. You know, staggering. Yeah, and so I actually had a friend who had just had a baby at the birth center, um, and even though it was it's about an hour and a half away from where we lived at the time. I was like, you know, I called them and theirs was going to be way less. I think it totaled about $6,000. And that included everything from prenatal care to your six-week visit. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I had a little convincing to do. My husband wasn't on board with a birth center at first, but I kind of, you know, we talked about it. We went on a tour and he was finally like, okay you know, we'll do this. Um, Plus also it's like way, way cheaper. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of like, well, you may not, he's, he's not like crunchy at all. And so I think he was a little bit like not in the hospital. Like why, why would you Mm -hmm. even want to do that? Yeah. No, that makes sense though. The cost it was, you know, I felt like we really didn't even have any other choice. Like we off our baby for years. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know. Um so then I started care at the birth center and it was phenomenal. Like I would never have a baby another way. I wish that I had been there you know from the from the very beginning because you know the visits were all like an hour long. They would talk to you not just about your physical health but like how was I feeling? You know, I had had um by this point a history with, with postpartum anxiety and, you know, and they were just so phenomenal with absolutely everything. Um, and it, it made me feel much more confident, you know, in, mm-hmm. in having this baby that I could do this, even though, you know, I'd been so, so worried at the beginning about having three so close together, you know, they were so good and so supportive. That's what I have found too with with midwifery care in general is the way that birth is dealt with is so normal and it just feels like this is all normal and you can do this and there's never a question about it. And it makes, they make you very confident in your Mm -hmm. decisions. Yeah. Yeah, And it was like at one point um, when I was, I think I was like 34 weeks pregnant. um, I had actually had kind of a family trip planned with um, like my parents and my grandparents, we were all going to go to Tennessee, which is about a nine hour drive from where we live. And I was going to be, my husband couldn't go. So it was going to be me, my sister driving down with my two toddlers, me hugely pregnant. And we were going to be doing a ton of hiking (laughs) there. And I remember being kind of worried about it and asking my midwife and she was like, oh yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) do you feel like you could go and do that right now well then sure you know there's no reason why you can't um and I just thought that that was so funny you know coming from Mm -hmm. (laughs) even with my previous midwives where they kind of would have been like well you know maybe you should take it easy like Mm -hmm. you know they were very like if you feel like you can do it and you know you're not going to be doing anything super crazy like why not? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the ball is put back in your court and the choices are yours. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Like I was the one 
you know, making all the, all the decisions. And they were very, very proactive there about, um, they actually gave us all like a book with all of their procedures and things like that, all the resources um, and a blank birth plan for you to kind of fill out yourself. So they would know, and it had, you know, things like when you feel tense and anxious, how do you react? When your partner feels tense and anxious, how do they act so that they would kind of have a bigger picture for, for when you're in labor, like things that they need to be looking for to maybe make this a smoother process. Yeah, that's really cool. I've never heard of a midwife doing that, but I really like that idea. Yeah, it was, it was really awesome. And I had, it wasn't something that I would have thought of, right? you know, but it was something that I was very, very glad, you know, that we had. Yeah, for sure. So what, how were you feeling as you approached your due date? Um, with her, I, I had a very, very good pregnancy with her. Um, still had all the nausea and sickness. Um, and we moved when I was about six months pregnant. Oh, <laughs> so that was, that was a little bit crazy, but I mean, I had two small children, so I was still pretty, pretty active. I was moving. Um, and I got a birth ball, which I cannot recommend enough. And so towards the end of my pregnancy, I was just sitting there bouncing and bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. (laughs) Um, Because something, again, that I forgot to mention with my previous pregnancies, all of my kids have been breech up until the last few weeks. Oh, okay. Um, With my second, it was to the point that they'd actually scheduled my C-section. Oh, wow. Wow. And so... um, the midwives were very, very relaxed about that. They said, well, if you go into labor, we will give you a sonogram. And if she's breached, then we'll transfer you. And if not, you can stay here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, and if you go into labor, you know, before you know that she's head down, you can go to the hospital and ask for, you know, an ultrasound or a sonogram. And then if you're head down, you can leave and come here. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they were very like rolling with whatever, whatever were to happen to give me the best option, you know, of having a vaginal birth. Mm -hmm. Um, and she did flip thankfully, but that's how I started using the ball. They told me, um, to bounce on the ball, to keep her once she was flipped, to keep her engaged, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, because she kept kind of like floating back up and they were afraid that she was going to flip maybe at the last minute. Um, but when I went into labor with her, I'd had a couple like kind of false starts where I was like, all right, this is it, you know, feeling contractions. And then they would kind of peter out, you know, very, very disappointing. She was born three days after her due date. And I remember going in on my due date and getting my, um, the non-stress test and the midwife who was there, her name is Julia. And she told me, she was like, well, if you wait until Friday, it's my birthday. <laughs> and I love to catch birthday babies. And I told her, no, I don't want to wait till Friday. This was like on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I was like, I don't, you know, don't put that on me. Like <laughs> I want to go home and go into labor tonight. Right. Um, and I had actually a few days before they had tried to induce me with castor oil because where I live, it's an hour and a half South of the birth center. And I live near the beach and this was Labor Day weekend. Oh and no, the traffic. 
yes, we were all very, very afraid that because my birth center is up near Wilmington, which is outside of Philadelphia. So there's a ton of beach traffic that if I were to go into labor at the wrong time, I could be stuck for three hours, you know, sitting on the highway, all the people trying to get home. Oh no, that would be awful. (laughs) Yes. So we had tried the weekend before because it was Labor Day. We had tried to induce me that weekend because we figured, well, if it happens this weekend, then we can control it and you can be heading up here while everyone else is going south. Well, it didn't work, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. And so, of course, it was the next week, Friday, when the midwife had said she would love for me to have my baby. And I woke up at about seven in the morning and I was having really, really strong contractions. And my husband was getting ready for work and luckily it was raining and he was supposed to be doing a roof that day. And I told him, can you call the guys off? Like, just tell them, you know, it's raining anyway. You're not coming today because I think this might be it. And I really want you to stay. He's like, all right. So I went and got in the shower And I was like swaying and kind of starting to make those like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like that singing kind of in your throat, like that low. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that noise that like you never make any other time. Yeah. (laughs) And he got in with me and he goes, oh my God, there's blood. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked down, like that moment sticks in my mind because it, to me, it was just so hilarious. (laughs) Um, where were you the other two births? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, so this is happening. Like, this is it. So I tried calling my mom and she didn't answer. Oh no. <laughs> I, I called my, my dad and he was at work. He's an EMT. And he was like, okay, keep calling your mom. I'll call your sister. If you can't reach anyone, I will leave and I will come and get the kids. Oh. Okay, cool. <laughs> so we're calling and calling them. My mom's phone wasn't working for some reason. She had no signal and my sister's phone was off. No. No. So you can't turn your your phone off when you know your sister could go in labor. Yes. And it was funny because they had been for weeks. They had been taking shifts to see who would be watching my kids. Like someone was always off work. <laughs> and oh, the one time. the day that I went into labor, no one could be. <laughs> but um and for some reason I was I was totally chill about everything. Like I was, you know, I'd gotten the kids up, we were feeding them breakfast and I'm like stopping to have a contraction in the middle of it and then carrying on. And I'd already spoken to the midwife and they were kind of like, well, your last labor was really fast. So (laughs) if you could come as soon as you can. Yeah. Without you know, trying to scare you. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, listening to me on the phone, I was like not able to talk through them. And I'm like swaying and bending over. And so finally, my dad called and he said, I'm on my way, but so is your mom. Whoever gets there first, we will take the kids and then you guys can leave. And about five minutes later, I went up to use the bathroom and there was a ton of blood. And I was like, okay, we need to leave now. So, um, we have a friend who stays with us. His name is Ethan. And we went into his room and we were like, Hey, can you, can you just come out here and watch the kids? (laughs) Because we need to leave like this minute. Someone will be here in a couple of minutes, but we're going now. And thank God that he was there because (laughs) we started to leave, excuse me. 
And I was just done by that point. I was like bent over in my car, like crying, you know, like making all of these like crazy noises. And of course we have like an hour and a half drive and my husband is driving like a crazy person up to the birth center. We get there, you know, we go right into the room and for some reason I was so calm this whole time. Like, even though I knew, you know, we had all this long drive and my labor could be really, really fast for some reason. I don't know if it's because it was the third baby. I don't know if I was just so happy with the, you know, going, but I was not freaking out. Like I maybe should have been, (laughs) (laughs) but it worked out well because we did make it with plenty of time. I ended up, um, I did sit in the, in the tub for a little while, but I'm a water person and I wanted to be under the water <laughs> and I knew that was not going to fly. So mm-hmm. I ended up getting out of the tub because all I wanted to do when I was sitting there was like lay down under the water. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, I bounced on the birth ball and I had this one affirmation from an Ina May book and it was, I'm going to get huge. <laughs> um and I just kept like repeating that and repeating that and repeating that and my poor husband because he was supposed to work that day he's like trying to make some phone calls and like do all this stuff you know as I'm in labor because you know I had I think I was at the birth center for like three hours before she was born and uh, the nurses and everyone they were so relaxed and so calm you know, I had told them I really wanted, you know, like a hands off, you know, just to kind of let me do my thing. And they did. They, you know, the midwife sat in the corner of the room just doing paperwork. You know, the nurse kind of popped in and out. She talked to me if I needed it. But everyone kind of just let me do my own thing, which was amazing. It was exactly what I needed. Um And I sat, I remember thinking like, I can sit in any position that I want to. And I ended up sidelining again. (laughs) (laughs) Like for some reason, that's my labor position. Like I loved, like you just get that feeling, you know, like this is what your body wants to do. And so I laid down on my side and I laid there, I think for maybe an hour. And right about the time I asked the midwife, I said, look, is there anything you can give me? Because I'm so done. Like this hurts so bad. I don't think that I can do this anymore. And she just looked at me and was like, I can check you, but I think you're too far. Like I think, (laughs) you know, I don't think at this point that there's anything that I can do. Um, and so I'm sure that that was transition. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That, that's what we always say. You always know it's transition when you're like, I can't do this anymore. Yes. And I had actually told my husband, I was like, please remember this time when I tell you that I can't do this anymore, just remind me, like, it's almost over. This is going to be done. <laughs> right. And he did. He's He's a phenomenal labor partner. My husband is awesome. He knows exactly what I need before I need it when I'm in labor, um, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But, you know, nobody told me to push. Nobody told me to do anything. And she came out, her water broke right before she came out and there was meconium, Um, which usually 
they would transfer you for. And they told me that after she said, but you were too far. (laughs) She was like, there was no way that I was going to try to transfer you as you were pushing your baby out. (laughs) Yeah, that would be awful. I think it was, I had looked at my chart. I think it was like 10 minutes (laughs) before she was born. And so she came out and it was just such an amazing feeling. She was so tiny. She was my tiniest baby. She was only five pounds, 13 ounces. And you know, they put her right on my chest and they, you know, waited to clamp the cord and, you know, all this stuff. And, and I had gotten to see my placenta with my second baby. She had showed it to me, but she didn't take the time. Like the midwife this time really sat me down and showed me like all the parts and showed me like how long my cord was, you know, I have really, really long cords for some reason. And it was just so interesting to have someone like, not just show it to me, but like to take it apart and like completely explain all the different, you know, parts and how everything had worked. So that was really, really cool. Um, but yeah, we just got to kind of lay there. Of course I couldn't sleep (laughs) (laughs) and because there had been meconium in the water, her pediatrician requested that we stay there for 12 hours. I think their usual stay is just like four to six, but he was concerned. I was group B strep positive. And I was, I think at the very, very end where I should have been getting a second dose and she was born like right before I could. And since she was so tiny, you know, he was just concerned with the meconium. And so they stayed, you know, watched them. And we ended up driving home at like three in the morning. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's not fun. Yeah, because they're not allowed to keep you any longer, I think, than 12 hours um, after you're done laboring or else they have to admit you Mm -hmm. to the hospital. And they knew we didn't want to do that. They didn't want to do that, you know, because we were fine. So uh, they were very apologetic, but they were like, yeah, I'm sorry. But, (laughs) you know, after after your time is up, you you do have to go home. Oh, no. That must have been a fun car ride home for everybody. (laughs) Well, I had that, like, all of that, like, adrenaline. And so I had told my husband to go to sleep after she was born. And I was like, please lay down, go to sleep, because I can't. And so there's no point in you being awake for both of us to just sit here and stare at each other when we have to go home later. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Um. And after that, I mean, we went home. She did end up staying in the NICU for 24 hours. Um, The next morning we woke up and she, her temperature was a little bit low. We had taken through the birth center, you have to take a mother baby assessment class. um, And they require you to like log their temperature and all that stuff for 24 hours. And then the nurse comes to your house and sees you, um, I think within 48 hours. But her temperature was low and she was throwing up. Oh. Yeah, after her feeds. And so we ended up taking her. She spent 24 hours in the NICU. She had to have her stomach pumped, um, and which was really, really hard. But, I mean, she was perfectly fine. They think that it was because she had just swallowed some of the meconium. Oh, okay. 
But the one thing about that, the only reason that I really mention it is because when we were in the ER, the doctor was incredibly rude. Oh, gosh. He said, well, if you had been in a hospital and had proper medical attention. (gasps) What? No. And I wish that I had thought to say that I had actually given birth to my second in that hospital with not enough time to get the antibiotics because I was group B strep positive then too. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make a difference. Right. Know? Exactly. You don't, if there's not enough time, there's not enough time. <laughs> and my husband actually said to him, he was like, well, this was our third baby and it was an awesome experience. So <laughs> just what like a, a mother needs to hear with the baby that's going into the NICU. I mean, yeah. guilt for yes, something. I have this baby who's less than a full day old and <sighs> And of course, as soon as I went up, because he was saying all this stuff, like, well, she pro- you know, she could have an infection and all this horrible stuff. And I get up to the NICU and the nurse practitioner is like, I think that she swallowed some meconium. She was like, now that they've sent you here, we have to keep you for 24 hours. She was like, but I think that she swallowed some meconium and she's probably gotten it out and she'll be fine. And oh, God. So old, you know, if we would have seen her in the ER, we probably would have just gone home. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. after the 24 hours, what, like, did you have any other issues or no? No, she, okay. I mean, like I said, she was, it was a very, very rough, <laughs> rough 24 hours. Um, they don't usually let you stay in the NICU because usually if you're in there, you've just had a baby. And so the mom has her own room. And so for me, I think I kind of threw them for a loop. <laughs> because yeah. What do we do with you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have this newborn, but I'm not a patient. But I was still, you know, very freshly postpartum. You know, I'm bleeding and all this stuff. And so they were very, very nice. They brought me like this, like pull out cot chair things that I could sleep. Um, Because she was a baby from outside of their hospital, she actually had to be in isolation, which sounds awful. But for us, it was great because it meant we had our own room instead of that is nice. Yeah the big open, you know, NICU room. But yeah, I I have so, so much respect for NICU moms. You know, after I only had to spend 24 hours there and I will never, never forget how hard that was. Like they made you leave from six to seven in the evening and six to seven in the morning for shift change. And so they could review like the care plans for the babies and having to leave that first night at six from my baby. I just was sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And it was oh, sure. oh, so hard, you know, to just leave her, even though, like I said, they were awesome. They never tried to give her formula, you know, Nothing like that, even though, you know, everyone was awesome. It was still so. Of so course, hard. that is not like you are not ready to be away from your baby at all at that point. Uh-uh. Yeah, it was such a like, I feel like it was just such a rough ending to like what had been a phenomenal. Yeah, that's, that's a shame because you want to look back so fondly on that like wonderful birth, but then yeah, it didn't end so great. Yeah. How was your recovery then after all of that? I mean, it was, it was amazing. I had um, barely a first degree tear. And after having had 
even with my second birth, a, a second degree tear. And I mean, yes, she was, she was much smaller. Both of my other girls were right around seven pounds and she was only five pounds and 13 ounces. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, no one had told me to push. So I only pushed when I wanted to, you know, when I felt mm-hmm. like I needed to. Um, and the recovery was amazing. I was up and walking around, you know, the next day I have pictures of us, like when she's less than a week old, like at the park with our other kids, like taking walks and going out. And it was, it was great. And, um, at the birth center, they send a nurse to your house within, I think 24 to 48 hours to do a a visit for you and the baby. Then they do a one week visit where you go to the office and then a six week visit where you go to the office. Um, which was very, very different from the other postpartum care Uh that I had received, you know, where you just go to like a six week visit. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, you know, I know you had struggled with postpartum anxiety. That was what, after your second, did you deal with the same thing with your third? Yes. Um, and actually with my second, I wasn't diagnosed through my whole pregnancy. Um, probably because I didn't talk about it like I should have. Um, You know, of course they asked, you know, things like that, but I never really said, you know, I I kind of phrased it like very, I don't know, like downplaying it like, oh yeah, but you know, it's my second baby. Like I'm just worried about how I'm going to take care of both of them. Like, you know, I, I never told them like the extent to like, no, no, you don't understand. Like I'm up all night worrying how I'm going to take care of both of them, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of us have that problem of being honest with yeah. any, uh, especially, you know, our doctors or midwives, even yeah. no matter how comfortable we are with them, it's it's still hard to tell them what you're going through. You're thinking something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't actually until, and I really hated her. <laughs> I feel really bad. Um, there was a nurse in the hospital with my second who gave me that like test and she brought it back to me and she said, I'm really sorry. She said, you scored really, really high um, for anxiety. She was like, I can't let you leave here until you make an appointment with your midwife to talk about this. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I just had a baby. I don't want to have to go to the midwife, you know, in another week. And you know, and she was very pushy about it. And I'm glad she did that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's actually, that's actually like, a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But apparently it was a policy at that hospital. Like if okay. you, I, you had to address it, which is a good thing. But like mm-hmm. I said, at the time I was very, very bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I was like, nothing is wrong with me. I'm perfectly fine. Um, you know, and of course, after having, having addressed that and then through my whole third pregnancy, you know, I talked to the midwives about it, you know, um, actually heard it mentioned on another episode of this podcast, the rescue recipe. Oh yeah. Yes. I used that, the droplets and I really, really love that. Um, yeah. For anxiety. But I actually just got that. It is pretty nice. I like it. So yeah, going into that, like products, are there any other products that you loved for your baby or yourself postpartum? Um, I think definitely the Earth Mama nipple balm. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the only reason I kept breastfeeding my first. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I had like the crack nipples and, and oh yeah, just phenomenal. Um, and then the happy baby carrier. I love that one. I've had so many baby carriers and that one is my favorite. Um, it's, it's like a soft structured carrier, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's not bulky. So you can wear like a newborn. I know, um, I've used other, I don't want to say the name, but I've used (laughs) other soft structured carriers and they're great for carrying like a toddler, like in a back carry. Mm -hmm straps and everything it just feels so huge to carry a newborn and just awful and I love the happy baby um and their customer service is phenomenal I had a couple weeks ago a part on one of my carriers broke and they emailed me back within like 15 minutes and sent me a new one that week wow, oh, wow. that's amazing because so, I was like you know, they were like, oh, well, you know, if you send it back or, you know, we'll either send you a new one or repair it. And, you know, I had mentioned in the email that like, I use it every day, like how quickly can I send it back? And they were like, oh, well, we'll just send you a new one. So you're not without it for, for as long. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I know. How can can you be, how can you be without a baby carrier when you have, I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah. With your third child, like, no, you need that. I rely on that so heavily. Yeah. That's that's a good one to make note of then because I actually haven't heard of that either. Yes, yeah, they're they're really really great and they come in a ton of cute colors. Oh, that's that's always a plus too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah bonus. Wow, thank you so much for sharing those. Yeah. So, how can our listeners get in touch with you or follow your story? Um, I'm on Instagram and it's Randy Page Peace. Um, I'll spell that. It's R-A-N-D-I-P-A-I-G-E underscore piece, like P-E-A-C-E. Um, okay. And I, I love to like talk to people. I'm very, very open, like about my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have, I have a lot of people like, you know, just kind of sharing conversations back and forth, like in messages and things like that, you know, about things they're going through, things I'm going through, like different, that's how I've actually found a lot of like the, you know, the methods and things that really have helped me with my anxiety is just like talking to other people. So I love if anybody, you know, wants to reach out, even, even not about like anxiety, just about anything. I just like to talk to people. Awesome. Well, we will definitely put a link to your um, Instagram in the show notes so that people can easily get in touch with you. Yeah. That's so important for, for moms to have somebody to reach out and know that you're normal. Everybody's going through their own things. Yeah. It's just not something that all moms talk about. (laughs) Yeah. I have, I've found so many people that are like, you know, I, I put, I think in a story or something a couple of weeks ago, I was like, yeah, you know, if anybody has any tips for anxiety, things like that, like, you know, I would love to love to hear them because need it right now. And so many people were like, tell me, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I've been through the same thing and all this. And it's like, you would never know. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. People that I've known for years and I had no idea. Yep. And it, it does it makes you feel so much better. You're like, okay, I'm not in this alone. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Miranda, for sharing your story with us. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And thanks so much to Miranda for sharing all three of her wonderful birth stories. 
And don't forget, if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating on iTunes and leave us a review that makes our day and follow along at Birth Naturally on Instagram. See you guys next time.